0: Hello everybody. Welcome once again. As we continue on in our study of the New Testament, we're working through it pretty much a chapter at a time. We've been in this now for over three years. And uh, we're, we're making great progress, but there's a lot of chapters in the New Testament. I, I figured it would take five years when we started. And uh, we're, we're pretty much on track for that, I think a little over five. And then as soon as we're done, we'll hop right into the Old Testament. That'll take about 15 years. And then we'll start all over again. So... Uh, so I am pretty much have my lessons planned out for the next 35 years. Um, <laughs> and we'll still be having pasta, and uh, it'll all be good. We, um, we've worked through the Gospels together. We've worked through the book of Acts and springing out of the book of Acts and the missionary journeys of Paul. We've been looking at the letters that he wrote to the brand new churches uh, and And all of the issues that he 's been dealing with, and they are very similar issues to the the ones that we still have today and uh, that we 're still working through and on and so he gives some great advice for us we 've uh, talked about the importance of of reading these things the way we have, so we get some context for them um, because one of the the um, problems that we can face is if we if we start taking scripture out of context and so Um, We want to hold it into the context of which it was written. It was written to specific churches at specific times, dealing with specific issues. And yet, still, because of the anointing of the Spirit, as the words were being written, it it, uh, translates into our day and our time and helps us with lots of things. But we need to be careful that we don't just sort of pick out a little piece um, uh, of Scripture and, and build from that without holding it in the context with which it was written. And that's why it's so important to kind of study the way that we are working through these things together. And we're in um, the, the letter to the Colossian church right now. Um, Paul there has been dealing the first couple of chapters with um, an issue that he has of people um, uh, who are presenting sort of a false gospel. Um, it's very much a works gospel. Uh, it has a lot of Gnosticism in it, which means that they, they doubted that Jesus was ever really a, a, a real being, that it was all spiritual and, and, um, and then that you you get everything that you need by performance, and it was a very empty way of living and we 've said that um, we have to be ever vigilant uh, in our lives because that that whole idea of um, uh, sort of an outward uh, working in our lives uh, and following rules and regulations. Um, always tries to creep its way back in to the, uh, to the people that are, are, are trying to follow God and if it's allowed back in um, it basically uh, makes us hard-hearted and really cuts us off from the, from the things about God that we need to be focused on and uh, working towards and Paul's going to talk in the third chapter about um, what a holy life looks like and uh, I, I think it's a fascinating chapter of scripture and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing it with you um, I speak to you often about the importance of spending time reading the word if you come here to Long you, at all you hear me every, very routinely saying guys everybody needs to, to open the book and spend time in it every day um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was a low flying something so I know we're watching on video and stuff they're going to be what happened to him something very low flying just went over the church uh, facility um and and so you know today i want to say again i want you to make it a priority in your daily life and and i just talked about that a lot over the weekend but see knowing the bible it is important but applying what god teaches uh, in his word in our daily lives is what needs to be happening from that um, if we're just knowing the Bible, we're missing the point because you can go way off just knowing the Bible. It, it needs to be known in order that it can be applied into our day-to-day life. That's what it's all about. We, we need to understand that this book, as we read it, um, uh, it, it it's, uh, the end result is that we'll live the life that's supposed to come from it as we yield to the Holy Spirit and he begins to change us with, with this as sort of God's guide for us. And so it's, it's not just about, uh, I don't encourage you to read it just to read it and just to know it. It's so that as you read and know it, the Holy Spirit can take it and then change you from the inside out. Because really that's what a holy life looks like. A holy life is um, imperfect people uh, who have met a perfect Savior um, who has made a way for them at the cross to be in an amazing relationship with God. And in the process, um, the Holy Spirit has come and he is working on us to change us from the inside out. But this is a process. And it's an ongoing process. And it's something that's ongoing in us until we're back with Jesus full-time again uh, in, in, in forever life. And so we will always be in process. We will always be changing and growing. And we need to understand that in order to stay... Um, soft in the Lord, um, be usable in telling other people about the love of God and not becoming hard-hearted, um, just rule followers that miss the point. And so the reality is that, that uh, see, if you take that in, that you're still at work in progress in the Lord, you haven't arrived yet, it's a lot harder to start pointing at everybody else's mess because you've got your own. Um, but where we, we often go is we, we start to pretend like we don't have much work to do. And the reality is the, the further along you get in, in your journey, the more you realize how much work is left to be done. Uh, and, and actually the further along that you get past that, you go, well, there's even more to be done. Um, and so this is the process that we go through in, um, in life. And, and uh, Paul's going to bring that up, that sort of idea up in Colossians 3. Let's go ahead and read the verses and then we'll, we'll chat about them on the other end. Um, And and he's going to talk about what life in him looks like, what a holy life looks like. Colossians chapter 3, here's 25 verses, uh, verses 1 through 25. Uh, You can read along uh, if you want, Bibles, bulletins, wherever. Verse 1, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong and there is no favoritism. And blessed be the word of the Lord. All right, so... Some pretty interesting stuff in Colossians chapter 3. But but, um, the idea I want to get back at again is that that Christianity, following Jesus, is about a now and forever life in Christ. Um, And and it's it's about life. And um, all living things grow. Growth is a natural process and it's a gradual process. And change is happening all the time um we don't many of us don't care for change all that much but change is a constant if you know that which is kind of funny to say but things are always changing around us sometimes they change very slowly almost imperceptibly but things are always changing we're changing all the time and this is this is part of the process uh that we're in um in, in our lives with Christ, this change process that the Holy Spirit has us engaged in is the process of sanctification. And um, it takes our entire lives until we're with Jesus, and then it's, it's all taken care of at, at one moment. But we're in process. Um, we're changing. And sometimes it's hard to see, you know, day to day, but um, I think, and this is a fairly good exercise we talk about all the time, um every six months or so I, I like to kind of stop and think about where I was six months ago and and see what's different and I'm surprised at how 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 things are different um in in you know not in the basic stuff but that things have changed in in life sometimes the things I thought about are a little different and you know the the world around me has certainly changed you know the the world changes fast uh and and you know um And yet it doesn't seem always to change that fast, but, you know, if you think how much has changed in five years, how much has changed in ten years in the world around us, how much has changed, I mean, like, like everybody's got, virtually everybody has a cell phone now. And do you remember back in the 90s when you didn't yet? Um, um, And you didn't, and then when you had them, um, I remember my first cell phone um, was like, it weighed like 50 pounds. almost had to hoist it up on my shoulder to take it in the car. And it only worked in the car if it was plugged in. And, uh, it, and it wasn't very good. But it was, you know, you know, you almost felt like James Bond for a little while. Ha, <laughs> ha, um, And now, like everybody, you know, got and you use it for everything. I, I don't even, some, you, 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 you know, I was talking to somebody earlier. Your schedule's on it for a lot. Of, I mean, everything is, things have changed um, dramatically. And yet, because it sort of happened a little bit over time... It, it just kind of, you sort of get used to it pretty quickly. Um, and so we're changing all the time. And, and we're hopefully growing in the Lord all the time. But it's, it's a change process. And, and yet we often struggle with knowing what life in him looks like. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to work this into our lives. Is it, is it some, you know, really big uh, supernatural experience? Or, or is it about looking, you know, a certain way on the outside and following certain rules and regulations? And, and yet, I think the reality is really not in either sort of um, extreme. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, the life of Christ is found pretty much in the day-to-day sort of ordinary things that we do in relationship with God and others. And that's where we experience the, the real life that's found in Christ. Um, you know, Jesus, we, we talk about this all the time, as our model for life and ministry. And, and so, you know, what did, his, what did his life look like? And, and in a lot of ways, um, he, he looked ordinary uh, in, in a lot of things. I mean, he was obviously uh, had amazing stuff going on around him. But, you know, at the same time, Jesus laughed. Um, he enjoyed companionship. He, you know wanted people to be around him he he uh he had great friends while he was here that mattered to him deeply he, he was a person of great compassion um you know he 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 liked a fish sandwich uh, I can prove that biblically if i need to um, he uh and, and in 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 a lot of ways he he was so uh, such a man that the people that he came for didn't really even believe him when he said that uh, he was Messiah, because that's they just it just wasn't what they were expecting at all. They were they were looking, um, their idea of what Messiah would look like was so much different than what Jesus presented that most of them missed the fact that he was here. Even even with the signs and the wonders and everything, his life and the way that he lived was in such sort of direct opposition to what they believed a holy life looked like that most of them miss Jesus and uh, um, and yet Jesus walked among us fully God and, and fully man and he demonstrated holiness in, in the way that he loved and cared for people and, and so the, the, the lost people, the people you know, sort of consumed in sin were drawn to him um, uh, and that, that wasn't true for the established religious community today, they weren't drawn to them at all and they could tell the difference. They could tell the, who cared about them and who didn't. And people are still like that. We can, we can tell who really cares for us and who doesn't. And, and this was a picture of what holiness looked like. And so um, this idea of life in Christ is characterized in, in trying to live um, the way that Jesus did. And that's what Paul's talking about in these verses, really, I think, in, in Colossians 3. Uh, it, true holiness is expressed... When, when we're trying to live life the way that he did. You know, a life of love, a life of serving, a life of, of seeing like he did, thinking like he did. Things we've talked about. And, and so the Christian life, holy life, is done in the context of our relationships in our, in our ordinary lives in the world. Um, leaning on the power of the super ordinary, but, but still lived out in the day-to-day life. This is, this is what it looks like. Um, uh, and, and what we're supposed to be doing. So he says in those first uh, few verses of Colossians um, that we've been raised with Christ, the first four verses. Uh, and because we've been raised with Christ, we're to set our hearts on things above, on Jesus. For it's only in him that we can experience now and forever life. And so we, in that process, end, we, we need to start letting go of some of the worldly, very earthy concepts of rules and regulations and, and live as a people of mercy and grace. So we're in christ now and so we're we're uh, with the the help of the holy spirit we're we're in the process of letting go some of the things that have defined life for us in the past and they're being redefined now in christ and and so it becomes less about us and more about him he must increase we must decrease but it happens over time Uh, have you anybody else here figured out that your sin nature hangs on kind of tenaciously to things in life that, that uh, you, you get to choose because of what God has done. But those things are popping up all the time. I mean, um, anybody else here ever struggle with selfishness? Uh, like every moment? What about me? What about me? What about me? And um, these are the things that we're working on. Uh, you know, we have, we have stuff that, that we're sort of um, very connected to that needs to be changed in our lives. He goes on, and then in verses 5 through 11, and he says, okay, we need to start putting away those thoughts and ideas, and and then he comes up with this great concept. Maybe you've heard it. We need to start living by trying to do the next right thing. Ever heard that before? Uh, that's why we talk about it all the time. It's because it's what we were told to do. It's how we experience life, and, and how we experience God in... in in our lives is, is really saying, you know, God help me to live a life that pleases you, that honors you, and, and that the only way that's going to happen is that you You help me, you know, in every step of the way that I, I start making progress by your spirit and changing some things in my life from the inside out. Knowing that I'm still going to mess up and that I can get and, and ask for forgiveness. And, and actually, that's a very... Um, that's a great process for us, knowing that we mess up and that we need forgiveness and that we can receive forgiveness from God when we ask it. it helps us to, to um, not quickly become people that are finger-pointing at others and being critical because we get see that process. When, I mean, I need forgiveness every day, I mean, and I'm trying to walk this thing out, and still every day I'm messing up I'm, repeatedly. You know, the things that Shouldn't happen, but happen. You know, little irritations that become big irritations, and little frustrations that become, and I'll you know, sarcasm and and uh, uh, you know, just things that that need to be worked on. And knowing that I need forgiveness and receive it from God when I ask it, and that He loves me. But so it's so cool to know that He loves me, um, even in in the midst of my mess and struggle, because He knows I'm at, at work. He and you know, fortunately, God sees me in Christ, and and so. I, I'm covered that way, but, but in the intimate relationship, you know, in the, in the, in the spirit of God working in me, they, they know, he knows that I'm, you know, messed up and broken and need out, and yet he loves me. And so um, that concept is something that we're all supposed to get a hold of, that, that because we're in this growth process, um, we're, we're to forgive others the way we've been forgiven. That was I read that directly. We're to love others the way we've been loved. We're to, we're to change um, the way that we are sort of fixated on ourselves and start looking at a bigger picture. And, and then when, after we've messed up and get forgiveness, he sends us out again. And then, you know, we need to ask for help to do the next right thing. Um, and I was in a discussion earlier today. People telling me they're using that help prayer. It's one of my favorite things to hear that people understand that, when we're, when we're frustrated and when we're anxious or when we're worried or when we're irritated, that that's a very powerful, help me, Lord. And he does. He's, he just does. He's so cool that way. And that he'll help us to do the next right thing. The choice is ours still, but he'll be there to help us in the process so we can choose to do the next right thing or follow the old way of doing things. And then he goes on in verses 12 through 17. He says, instead of doing it the old way, we yield to the Spirit in our lives, and then we start cultivating some really neat virtues, like compassion. That's a good one. Kindness. Humility. Gentleness. And patience. Well, that, that's, that's, that's a pretty good... So now, you know, wouldn't you... If you were going to be known among people as something or as someone, wouldn't that be a nice description? Wouldn't you like to end up with that? You know... You know Oh, yeah, yeah, I know them. They were very compassionate and kind and humble and gentle and patient. That's a pretty good list, right? I think we'd all take that. Um, so we're, we're to be cultivating those things in our lives because we get. That's, that's what we should be doing in, in our life. And, and in our relationship with others, Paul says, we need to bear with, which actually means to put up with each other uh, and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. And then love um, which is the motivation for all these expressions of our new life is to characterize all of our relationships. So we're we're working to be a people that love well, like he does, because that's what he taught us. And and this is what's happening in us day to day. Uh, Three eighteen through twenty five. Then then what happens then is the different roles in life when you get that it's not about you, but it's just it's about him and then and then working this thing out with him, yielding to the Holy Spirit. The, the, the roles that we have in life become um, I- irrelevant in terms of our, our real life, our spiritual life in Him. And so in every sort of relationship that we have, um, as children, as spouses, as parents, um, we have opportunities to live a holy life. And that's what's supposed to be happening. And, and let me just quickly, I'm, I'm almost done, um, because the, there's a couple of verses in there that sometimes get taken out of context towards the end about relationship and, and I, w- I just want to have a quick discussion about submission because uh, sometimes that's it's, it's gotten a really because it's been misused and used against people um, then, then it has this bad sort of um, feeling about it that, it that it really shouldn't have. Um, submitting to someone is a, a misunderstood concept. It doesn't mean becoming a doormat. That is not what submission means. Uh, in Philippians 2.10 we see that, that Jesus the the Christ at whose name every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth submitted to the will of the Father and and so part of the idea of submission is that we're we're following the example of Christ and in Ephesians 5 Paul broadens the teaching and he says that we're to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ that it's a it's a mutual submission that we're involved in and and Philippians 2 uh, 3 and 4 says that we maintain a humbleness that considers others better than ourselves, not only looking to our own ent- uh, interests, but also to the interests of, of others. So, so then whatever role we happen to have in, in life um, just provides us an opportunity to serve others in the Lord. And so um, sometimes the, the concept gets taken out of, of you know, place and it, it becomes more about um in those people trying to make, a, make it authority and humiliation that, that um, whoever you were submitting to is the authority and whoever needs to be in submission then it's, it's kind of a role of humiliation and it's, it's just that's a misuse of the idea. Um, it's an opportunity to love well and um, in, in order to um, be in authority we have to love well and in, in order to submit to authority we have to love well. and and understand that that, um, this is all part of the process. So um, the idea is that we're we're yielding sort of rights um, in in order to love God and love others the way that we need to, but never to be a doormat. It's not what it's talking about. We don't need to be taken advantage of, pushed around, uh, or any of those things. That's not what's happening in that process. So that's enough of uh, Colossians 3 for this evening because it's getting close to um, 8 and... If you're watching on video or television, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We appreciate you giving us your valuable time here. And uh, you can always go to our website, ekisvineyard.com if you need prayer and shoot us a contact and we'll go from there.